Fish on a Heater. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP podcast that has evolved once and can evolve again. DeFi, what's going on in PvP? Well, let's take a peek backwards one week. We just wrapped up the Open Master League and the Spring Cup. I don't know about you, Fish, but I stuck it out in the Spring Cup. And I saw a tweet from House Stark, and he said he used the incredibly original duo of Trevenant and Walrein and discovered (laughs) that it was quite good. And I found the same results. I did really well, and then I started to not do so well. I switched up my team, and that turned out to be a mistake. I went back to Tre- Trevenant Wall Core, and now I'm back right around 2,500. I spent the whole week bouncing between 25 and 2,300. Yep, I had a pretty similar experience. I uh, started at the, what was the first team I made? It was like uh, the first team I had was Trevenant tentacruel as a safe switch and pelipper as my third throughout all of the spring cup i would be like trying little variations on that they always had trevenant in the team i really liked trevenant for this cup but i would basically climb a little then kind of struggle for a bit so i'd try you know messing with the team and then i'd do even worse and so then i'd go back to the original team or some variation of it Um, and then climb a little bit again, and then start struggling again, and the cycle went on and on. By the end of the cycle, I uh, ended up building a Sea King, which um, friend of the show, Lyle Jeffs, um, kept on saying, Sea King, man, Sea King, Sea King's the way, Sea King's the way, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to spend the resources on building a new one. On the last day, I ended up doing it, and so I, I made my team Trevenant, uh, seeking and war rain and i climbed 100 points that day so happy ending trevenant wall rain man trevenant wall yeah, rain. Yeah, right <laughs> right but uh i am actually still in a bad mood this morning because i uh my, my last set was um riddled with misplays that cost me games and so was my first set of evolution cups so really having to work to bring my my smile to this podcast at the moment that's all right. You shake it off. You go, well, it's, you know, afternoon for you. It's, I can go to bed right after this. Uh, still Just wake up a new day. So yes, morning for you. Time yeah. zones are weird. It is. And <laughs> they're weird and ever changing, which is frustrating. But go through your day, go to bed tonight, shake it off, wake up tomorrow, a new battler. We'll try things out. Cause we have, again, now we have the evolution cup. And if the evolution cup's not your fancy, don't you worry. We've got Open Great, Open Ultra, and Open Master League available. So four different metas. It's been a while since we've had four at one time. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, for me personally, I don't know who is going to choose Open Great League over any of the others. Like, I can understand if you want to choose Open Ultra or Open Master uh, over the Evolution Cup, but I feel like if there's other th- options there than Open Great League you'd probably go for them, right? Yeah, but some people really like Open Great League. It's really good practice for the play Pokemon tournaments. It is. You can really get, like, if you're planning on going to a play Pokemon tournament or maybe you do, you're the Open Great League specialist in the self factions, it might be good to get some reps in with those Pokemon. Let us know. Let us know if you are one of those people. 
I personally am interested in the Evolution Cup. For those of you who don't know, it's a great League Cup where only Pokemon that have evolved at least once and can evolve again are eligible. So the middle child Pokemon. Your PV Poke Top 10. Coming in at number one, my favorite Anger Monkey of Vigoroth. Then we have Joilus, both Shadow and Regular Golbat. Hakamoo, Shadow and Regular Machoke. Shadow and Regular Dragonair. XL Dusclops. Piloswine. XL Chansey and Charge a Bug. I think we talked last week. XL Chansey is certainly a strategy. You will see them out there, but I don't think it's cert- necessarily the strongest pick in this meta. Just it's an option. T- trying to time out your opponent, pick the three bulkiest Pokemon. Definitely a choice you could make, but I don't know if it's going to be my choice. I'm probably going to go with a team using Pokemon that I already have built since I am. I don't have very much Stardust. I recovered a little bit during Shelter Spotlight Hour, but I don't have a ton <laughs> still. Yeah. So I'm probably going to stick with stuff like Vigoroth, Golbat, uh, Dragonair, things things that I already have. Celio, maybe. Yeah. Um, the, so I've said in the past that I think this is, despite this being a very, very constricted meta, I really like it because... My my big metric for what is a good cup and what's not is how much play do all the Pokemon at the top of the meta have against each other. And in this cup, it's huge. Like, it's so much. Um, like, any kind of, any sort of energy lead or chip damage or a shield advantage can flip all sorts of matchups. You have no idea which way the matchup's going to go. It's nothing like the uh, Noctowl, Trevin, and Lantern meta where... You can be up two shields and, and 60 energy and you your, your lantern comes in against a Trevenant and it's like, whoops, you're, uh, you're uh, not, not winning that anyway. Uh, it's it's so different here. You know, your Zwilus could come in against a Vigoroth, but you've got, you know, 30 energy in reserve and they've got 60% of their HP and no shields. You, you win that and, you know, the goal bad against the... Vigoroth can be flipped with a, a few body slams in reserve. Like, there's so much play that you can have amongst all the top picks. I completely agree. Are there any Pokemon fish that really catch your eye? I mentioned the ones that I'm probably going to stick with because I don't really want to build anything new. How about you? I'm looking at that pile of swine. When I made my five-minute meta simplified video, I literally got to pile of swine and just said, don't worry about that because, like... It's taking super effective damage from the Vigoroth counters. It has to worry about, like, the main thing that Ice targets in this meta is Dragon, and one of the big dragons in Dragonair will be able to threaten back with Aquatel that it's getting to at the same time as the Avalanches as well. So I was I, I just wrote it off. But two of the losses that I had <laughs> this morning... We're against pile of swine teams. So bad mood, DeFi. Bad mood. <laughs> yeah, so I have to look at that again and maybe decide whether I, I do want to re-include that in my considerations. Moving right along, let's take a peek into the future. We've got Open Great League and the Ultra League Weather Cup coming up next. So that's April 19th to the 26th. The Ultra League Weather Cup, so an Ultra League Cup, 2,500 CP cap, only fire, water, ice, and good old rock-type weather. That uh, signifies sandstorm weather, if you're familiar with the main series games. 
Our PV Poke top 10, lots of XL Pokemon, but not only XL Pokemon. There are non-XL options, but at the top, we do have X- XL, both regular and shadow, Credilly, XL Jellicent, XL Ludicolo, making a surprise appearance on the top three, XL Lantern, which is the one I really expected to see, Shadow and regular Swampert, XL Shadow and regular Abomasnow, Kyrem, Regice, Tapu Fini, and coming in at number 10, Keldeo Ordinary Form, which is the form that you would have caught from the special research. Keldeo. Do you have one? Yeah, I caught. I finished my research. I have a Keldeo. I certainly don't have any ability to max it out. Um, it was the special research I did in Arlington. Was it a paid one or free one? I don't remember, but I know I got it from a special research. Uh, I think it was around December community day. I thought I remember it being paid for because I was actually uh, gifted a uh, ticket to that one from a GoCast community member. I was too. That's If I remember correctly, I was gifted it as well. Okay. Okay. So thank you. <laughs> To both of those trainers, because um, now we like maybe we should both build and use a Keldeo in their honor. Oh my goodness, mine <laughs> is a fifteen, not ten. I think fifteen, ten, eleven. Looking at it right now, I hear no issues. <laughs> I certainly would need to put some candy into it to get it up. It goes to twenty four eighty eight, which is not. And you also need 100 candy to get that second move. So taking a look at Keldeo, it needs Poison Jab, Sacred Sword, which is a legacy move, I think. So I don't know how to get legacy move. Like, I don't know how to get Sacred Sword on it. Mine doesn't have that. Maybe an elite. Can you elite TM it? I would assume so. But I'm also shocked that it came right out of the gate with (laughs) with a legacy move. Yep, so it's got a legacy move of Sacred Sword and then Close Combat. It wins it really, really hard against Cordelia, Obama, Snow, Samurott, Tapufini, Kingdra. It will lose, though, because it is a water and fighting type Pokemon. It's going to lose to that Alolan Ninetales. Swampert will beat it, as well as Lantern, Jellicent. Slowbro, I've also seen as a possibility for people to run. You could run an XL Slowbro. Surf really helped it out in this meta. Both Slowbro and Slow King are actually very viable options. Next up, we have from April 26 to May 3, the Open Great League and Master League Premiere. So Master League Premiere is, of course, where you are not allowed to use any mythicals, legendaries, or I believe Ultra Beasts are included in that as well. We don't have the PV Poke top 10 yet, but a lot of very popular picks for that meta are Dragonite, Metagross, Gyarados, Florges, Snorlax, and Mamoswine. I could potentially compete in this one. I believe I could I could maybe find three Pokemon that are non-legendary that I can build to level 50 to make a cohesive team. I definitely know I've got the XLs for Dragonite and for Mamoswine. 
and Gyarados as well. So maybe I could like Mamoswine double dragon. Uh, is is that a is that a good team? Maybe you might struggle a little against your Steel. So like Metagross would be a big problem there. Uh, Excadrill would give it some trouble. Uh, well, I mean, no, Mamoswine does beat the Excadrill. You've got the superpower from Dragonite that can take it out, and Gyarados, if it's running Waterfall, will beat that pretty comfortably. Actually, even with Dragon Breath, it does win. So, okay, Excadrill wouldn't be much of a... Can you hear this stream of consciousness going at the moment? Yes, I can. I'm just <laughs> I'm just sitting back in my chair and just kind of watching it all happen before me, like a train. Just kind of sitting back, like, in your lawn chair and just watching the train go by. <laughs> that, that's me right now. Okay, so yeah, that was me analyzing the uh, Master League Premier in real time. Uh, I probably will need to find a better team than Mamo Double Dragon, but um, we'll see how we go. Yeah, I really love the idea of running Mamoswine. It is one of my favorite Pokemon. I really like, for example, it's just using it in general. I just really like Mamoswine as a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now we have Landorus in raids and I used my fr- daily free pass on one and just getting to use all my Mamoswine army is fantastic. I just, I like it. I like it as a Pokemon. <laughs> I want to use it in Master It's League. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's GBL. Let's take a look at our Sylph check-in. And we are in the middle of the Polkadot Cup. How many tournaments are you in at the moment? Currently four, um, three, but the fourth one is starting soon. Mm-hmm. So, and I typically do about four a month. When it, we start getting into like five tournaments a month, that's when I start to get kind of stressed out. I'm currently two and one. I've done three battles. Normal cast form, up to 41% of teams. <laughs> cast form, Galvantula, Samurott, Jumpluff, Swoobat. I haven't seen any King yet against my opponents but i'm really interested really yeah i have not seen any nito king yet every opponent i've faced so far has had nito king really yeah nito king and dugong which is so annoying because like i uh, again the last couple of months i haven't put as much prep into my team as what i have in the past so i kind of finally settled on a team and started all my tournaments and then discovered, ah, oh, yeah, like a Nidoking Dugong core kind of makes this very difficult for me. So annoying for me. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, so far all three of my opponents. Uh, so I've had three Sylph opponents and then a couple of Gym Breakers opponents. And I believe uh, four out of five of them have had Nidoking and Dugong. Uh, one pick that I made instead of building a Swoobat, I used the Orangaroo that I already had. Yep. And I like it. I like the Orangaroo. Uh, I don't know if it has too many benefits over a Swoobat. Swoobat's part flying, so I guess if you can't really hit Orangaroo with like normal cast form, hitting it with the Weather Ball Rock isn't mm-hmm. going to affect the Orangaroo. It's not going to be super effective. But I don't know. I like it. I like that it has a dark type move in foul play that you can throw, has psychic, has access to some other moves. The big one, Dawn Fan, I think is going to be my MVP. That's yep. that's one. Loving Dawn Fan. I don't think enough people picked up on the counter user. It's a pretty well balanced Pokemon, isn't it? That body slam really helped it. Yeah, and I mean, you get hit by a super effective earthquake if you can land one of those. Whoo! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what else though? I uh, just before I went to bed last night took on Dark Eye Seventeen. 
in the GoCast tournament. And I checked with her. She's okay with me talking about this. Low punny. Heck yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I, I Let's was like, go. I, I thought of you immediately because she actually did really well with it. She took a battle off me and like she, she gave me a lot of trouble with that thing. Um, it's got double kick as a fast move and I won't reveal what the charge moves are. Like she said I could if I wanted, but I think I will keep that to myself. What I will say is it's a it's one very low energy cost charge move and one very high energy cost hard hitting nuke. And so it's one of those situations, kind of like a Pelipper or a Gliscor, where if you build up to the nuke and manage to bait, you're getting back up to the nuke very, very quickly, which means you can really play some nice baiting games, some shield burning games with that thing. And yeah, it like it it gave me trouble. I almost got tripped up by the low punny. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Low Punny actually, it has really good stats. Like, so let's go ahead and pull up. I'm going to pull up um, Polka Dot Cup in PB Poke. So Low Punny's stat product is 1986. So that's mm-hmm. actually really solid. So I think, again, I'm trying to, what's a Pokemon that's right around that same? 1986 mark anything that's in the 1900s i just think of vigoroth yeah that's fair but oh again very like bulk like not that bulky but not necessarily a glass cannon either yeah yeah and i remember a long long time ago like a long time ago (laughs) incredibly long king iv did a video and it was about which Pokemon would most benefit from a move update, and Lopunny was number one. Like, if you yeah, give Lopunny, right. if you really unleash its potential and give it every move that it, like, you give it a really good move set, that thing is going to wreck shop. And mm-hmm. to seeing somebody use it well in a limited meta just puts a smile on my face. <laughs> um, this would normally be where I tease you being like, low punny is never going to be good. But like I did almost lose to a low punny and it wasn't even updated. So <laughs> I shudder to think what would have happened if it was given like the best moves as well. Buff to low kick or something. I think low punny can learn charm in the main series. Oh Not no, no. Steve, I stop it. <laughs> I'm not allowed to look. I'm not allowed to look at all, all the different moves that it could potentially learn. I'm excited. Slow Pony, justice for Low Pony. I'm still in the justice for Low Pony. Yeah, it can I learn sh- charm. Charm in the main series. It has charm in the main oh, series. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not surprised by that. Um, what about <laughs> Razor Leaf? Razor Leaf Low Pony. <laughs> Razor Leaf Low Pony, no. But um, Razor Leaf Leaf Blade. I know. It just, it has access to a lot. Mm. It has, a- it, you could. Ooh, it has power up punch in Brilliant Diamond Shine and Pearl. You can give it power up punch. That could be interesting as a different bait move. I'm ready. Okay, I'm re- <laughs> Okay, <laughs> hashtag justice for low punny. Um, justice for low punny. Make it, make it happen. Make it happen. Every, every week we want justice for a new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Well, every week I have always wanted justice for low punny. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So. We are also halfway through the current factions cycle. DeFi, how are the Queen Bees doing? Really good. I'm excited to talk about it. I'm glad you asked. So 
We were bumped up to the iron tier very surprisingly uh, due to some teams not RSVPing, some mixing around that happened. So we are in the iron tier in North America, and we are currently in third place, which is really exciting we so we are three and one so we have nine points and the only team that we've lost to is currently the number one team uh, wow. which is sub-zero who were with us last season uh, it is Reezy's team and uh girls at pvp master league specialist betsy and calvin she is on that team as well and is fantastic uh, another top team that we have is the Grievard Underdogs. Uh, Grievard is a ghost Pokemon that is new to uh, Scarlet and Violet in the Pokemon universe. I'm excited to get it in Go. And then, yeah, we're down at number three, having only lost to Sub-Zero. Top two get promoted, right? Top four in Iron. Top four get promoted. Wow. There's so much movement. Like, Yes. There's only there's 10 a- teams, isn't there? Or 12? 12 teams? 10 teams 10 teams four get promoted four get demoted yep that's how it is in iron four get promoted to say four get demoted so they have like generally in every other tier the top two move up automatically the bottom two move down automatically and the middle four stay but in uh, the exception to the rule happens in the iron tier in order to promote more opportunities to move the top four open tier factions automatically get promoted so here's well if if there's anyone from the Silph Arena listening right now i i would submit this feedback i feel like i'm i'm i don't think i'm exaggerating there's like 50 odd teams in open tier for uh, at least north america eu and latam right I, I don't know about i think yeah apac is pretty stacked as well not stacked like uh packed out with the open tier and it is such a struggle getting out of open tier i would hope that next season that they just expand the number of teams in each of the higher tiers just a little bit, like 12, 14, just a, just a little bit more, just so that you don't have to spend your entire life trying to get out of open tier. Because open tier can be a struggle. Like, there's there's so many, like, uh, people that, that stuff you around with, um, with, like, scheduling and stuff, and, like, it, it can be really really a pain in the bottom um participating in open we're happy to do it but it would be nice if we weren't competing for four out of 50 spots to get promoted and then if we do get promoted have a four in ten shot of being demoted again the next cycle 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50. So there's like 154 teams in... In, in NA? Yeah, in LATAM. In LATAM. Wow, yeah. Open. Wow. And they're, they're competing for four spots to get promoted. Yeah, 15, so 59 pairings times two. And then in the... NA, it's only it's fifty. I think it's fifty teams total. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, Latam. I I didn't even realize Latam was that big. Like that's so many, t- and they're all competing for four spots. Yes. Um, what they could do, um, like with with uh, APAC, the number of t- like there's a lot less players doing Sylph in APAC. Um, mm. 
there's still there's 18 times 2 40 36 37 teams there's 37 teams in open apac so there's still quite a few but um there's no there's no higher tiers until you get to like platinum like iron bronze gold there's no apac iron bronze and silver and gold tiers because there's so few players Mm -hmm. so if you get promoted out of open you go straight up to platinum if you're playing in apac um so the fact that they've made that change and they've been able to make that change uh says to me that it might also be possible for maybe there could be different numbers of teams in each tier in each region so maybe like iron tier for north america might have 12 players and iron tier for latin america might have 20 or something it would be harder to do a round robin though because in uh yeah it's round robin isn't it yeah it's round robin so you play every other team uh could you make it swiss could could you like make it enough team like i mean you couldn't do that for apac but like latin america they could make it high enough that it's ah oh, but then again like if you no you can't do swiss because um because what to even even upping it to 20 teams would mean it's only four rounds it's tough yeah. we are not the self we are not <laughs> the self factions creators it's just it is challenging it is definitely challenging it's not equal across the four different areas yeah globally i think the self team is trying their best and i think they found a pretty good solution uh, I think the solution they've in- implemented is pretty good because it's tough to do, but mm-hmm. oh, always room for improvement. And I, yeah, the self sure. team, the self teams know that, and they're definitely open to feedback. So if you have any good feedback, be sure to pass it along to them. And we're actually in. This is the last cycle of season two, so season three will be next. That is a great time if you're if you hear us talk about factions and you're interested in it be sure uh to go ahead and get in the self arena tournaments discord server that's a great way to find a faction team oh and uh make sure to get in touch with me if you're in the apac region and you are looking to play factions because uh we are gonna have some some turnover (laughs) at the end of our cycle all right so pallet town pvp link is in the show notes under fish so that is our self check-in time for play Pokemon. And just a just a quick thing that I want to mention before we get started. Um, you you tagged me in the Palatown server at one point, uh, to show me that uh, my losers final battle in OCIC against Valiant Fish had been added on the official Pokemon Company YouTube channel, which was amazing, right? Like that was like great moment. There's another thing that's contributed to my bad mood this morning, and that is I went and read the comments. Why would you do that? I don't Don't read know. the comments. Never don't read ever the comments. read the comments. Oh, no. It was... Lesson for today. PVP lesson for today. Don't read the comments. It's bad for your mental health. Yeah. Don't... If, if you're in the public eye in any capacity, just, yeah, don't read the comments. Um, they're like, so, so many people just going like, uh tap 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 or uh why is this a thing or uh one person like sarcastically going oh wow so much skill with the face palm emoji <laughs> one that that kind of made me laugh was um there was one person that said i've i've never played pokemon go before this was really interesting to watch and then someone else commented underneath it really wasn't mate 
So not only were not only were they like did they want us to know that this this is boring and it shouldn't be a thing, but they actually went out of their way to take someone down for showing interest. They were like, no, 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 you don't. Um, look, I know you're new here. <laughs> this is how it works. We don't like this. This is boring. You're not allowed to like it. Yeah, and we're gonna show them wrong. <laughs> That's right. We're um, going we'll, to Japan and showing yeah. them wrong. Those those tournaments are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll eventually be at that uh, same level as the VGC and TGC, and then all those haters can go hating on their own while we're having fun over here. But let's talk about this upcoming weekend in Pokemon Go. We have EUIC in London. So a massive 256-player tournament. It is going to be huge. We got our caster announcement, and I think that's the most hype part about this personally, not even having you know a new EUIC champion. But we have five casters for Go. That is awesome. All the other games have had five casters. We get five casters. And... We have Speedy's Chief and Caleb Payne coming in from the United States. We have Zionic, Ryan yeah. Hackle, coming in. Play like Pokemon debut? Yes. Well, no, he did EUIC last year. Oh, did year. he? What? No. Yeah. No, really? Yeah, he did. It was Will, Caleb, Zionic, and Butters. Okay. I have completely dropped that from my memory. Yeah, Zionic did the first EUIC. Yeah, I remember... Okay. I remember Caleb and Zionic getting Chipotle together. <laughs> like that's Zionic's big thing because in like Chipotle's big in the US, yeah. but you can't really get it where he is in Europe, like mm-hmm. in his area, but they have it in London. So whenever he, like he went last year and was all about the Chipotle yeah, and people made fun of him. But I mean, you do you, man. I wouldn't eat Chipotle if I were traveling abroad. That would be like eating McDonald's abroad unless you're eating like, a special thing at McDonald's you can't get anywhere else. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't... Like, that's... I don't know. Not my thing, Zionic. I don't get it, Zionic. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we don't have Chipotle in Australia, so I would like to go and try it if I do get to America again. Um, I have been told by multiple people, don't bother, but... <laughs> um, I, I mean, you've got to try, right? Like, you got to make your own judgment on whether it was worth it or not i feel like like even if it's even if it's bad even if i have a bad even if i get food poisoning i can still say okay i tried it i know what that's like i know what that experience is now um just so you know it was so zionic was paired with butters the first day of euic and then it was caleb and speedy so those were the those were the pairings i'm excited uh to see them back was that pre gabby that was pre-Gabby. Right. Um, she wasn't in the scene yet. Well, I mean, it's not like Gabby's been around for a very, very long time. But yeah, yeah. That was pre-Gabby and go. That and, was pre-Gabby yeah, yeah. and go. Yeah. Um, VGC. Gabby is a VGC yes. caster. Yeah, that's um, what I meant. Okay. Hypest part. We've got two female casters in addition <laughs> to those boys. We've got Lundberger and we also have Nim. So I am so excited um to see both of those ladies cast euic this weekend uh fish you often say oh it's not at a great time for me it's not at a great time for me this time in (laughs) europe it's gonna start at 3 a.m my time i'm not gonna set an alarm but i'm definitely gonna catch it i'm gonna check out some of the highlights Uh, i'll be able to catch the end of each day 
but I am so excited to see five go casters, two of them being women. Makes me incredibly excited and two fantastic women at that. And so, yeah, this uh, the schedule is looking a little unusual. It's um tell us about the schedule for EUIC. All right. So on Friday, April 14th, this was released on Twitter. Some trainers took a screenshot of the schedule. On Friday is just badge pickup. They're going to do a little pre-show stream, uh, just something short on Friday. But no main event matches on Friday. On Saturday, they are going to start the group stage at 9 o'clock a.m. And they are going to continue the entire tournament of 256 players until only three players remain. Your winner's finals, loser's finals, and grand finals. That's it. Which is what they did in OCIC for anybody who watched that. They played the whole tournament, and then Sunday was just the championship matches. Fish, how many players were at OCIC? There was 70, which... So you like you can do it for 70 players. There's 256 for EUIC. So that is a marathon day. It is. That is going to take if I had to guess 10 to 11 hours, maybe 12 depending on how uh technology and things mm. work out. That is going to be really rough. And then Sunday at 9 a.m. local time, they're going to do the winners finals, losers finals, grand finals and the awards. And I would say the big part about the other big part about Saturday, there is no dedicated lunch break scheduled during yeah. the Go Series main event. Having gone to several of the other events for VGC, TCG, I think sometimes in Go as well, you have a lunch break. There's like an hour or half an hour kind of scheduled in the middle of the event. Okay, no matches right now. Everybody go get some food. They're not doing that. So I think that's going to be really tough to do because I could feel a person being really nervous to leave and go get food and then yeah, not in case and then losing your match because yeah missing a matchup so this isn't going to come out in time for any trainers in euic but i would highly if this happens again in the future if you know you're going to a tournament you know there's not going to be a lunch break pack snacks pack food uh yeah. and bring it with you so the, here's an interesting kind of thing for me personally that um, kind of, I, I don't know how many other people would be thinking about this. For me, when I did OCIC and it was the final three that went to day two, like day one, I was like in the zone, as they say, like uh, I, I was making all the right decisions. I was focused. I was like, everything was going right on day one. Day two, I came back in and I just wasn't, in the the same headspace like i wasn't reacting as quickly i wasn't making the best decisions i was uh, like i wasn't making optimal decisions um i do attribute some of that like of course i attribute some of that to i was facing literally the two best battlers in australia but i also attribute some of that to just the stepping out of that competitive environment trying to get some sleep and then coming back in again it just i didn't feel the same now i don't know if that's just me i actually have a sleep disorder that i don't know if i've uh, brought up on the podcast before uh, which makes you know my my sleeping patterns uh, difficult to manage but i don't know if that will be a thing that the final three in euic 
will have to deal with as well. Like you've you've focused for so long, you've been you've had to maintain a high performance for like twelve hours straight, and then you get your break and come back for for like two or three matches. I don't know if that will affect their performance or not. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting thought experiment. If anybody has any thoughts on that, be sure to reach out. I don't have it. Just, you know, I've never done. I, I've never had to do a day two. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's hard because in my mind, you can almost like I think about things in the world of education and oftentimes yep. like we'll spread out a high stakes test over three days. Mm-hmm. because we're more likely to get a positive result from students if we give it three days if they have one bad day and the one bad day lands on their one test day like that's not <laughs> that's not going to get you the best result. um but if you spread the high stakes testing like oh we're going to take section one today section two tomorrow section three the next day well they're probably they might they might have a bad day one of the days but the other two days they might be focused and good i imagine it compares a little bit like um like i i completely understand that kind of thought process of spreading it out over three days as opposed to just one huge hit on one day um i would maybe think it compares a little bit to trying to run a marathon and then taking a break and trying to sprint like that you you use your muscles differently for a marathon versus a sprint if you like sprint for a bit on day one and then have have to do another sprint on day two and then another sprint on day three. I think you would perform a lot better than if you tried to do a marathon on day one and then, you know, do the hundred yard dash on day two. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's a better analogy. Purely just speculation, by the way. For sure. Like I've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can only, I can only relate things to the world of education because that's mm. how I see a lot of the world. Uh, that's the lens through which I view a lot of situations, which is fair enough, and it's and that's kind of what I'm doing too. I'm I'm kind of using my own experiences to uh, draw conclusions from this. Like it could just be a complete null and void issue. Like it might be something that uh, these day two players don't have an issue with at all. This is just something that I'm inferring based on my own experiences. Yeah, it, for some players, it might be good. Uh, like rather than doing the whole tournament in one day, you get you do most of the tournament, you take a break, you get a good rest, mm. have some theory crafting, you can think about your opponent's team more, you have more of a singular focus, and then you come into day two with just a different mindset, different focus. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say it's again, it's hard to say we haven't done it. All right. So upcoming, let's let's take a quick look into the future. We have on May 5th to 7th, we're like it's a couple of weeks break after EUIC just to decompress, but then we return in Portland, USA, Portland, Oregon on May 5th to 7th. There are 47 currently registered for that. Sao Paulo in Brazil is happening May 6th to 7th, and there is 157 players registered for that. Hartford in Connecticut, did you say? Yes, Connecticut, yes. USA. Is uh, May 19 to 21, 146 registered for that, which is the biggest in the USA thus far, I believe. Is that right? That is the biggest, and people are pushing. I see Twitter <laughs> updates on it all the time. Like, let's get this to at least 201. Let's at least get to 201. <laughs> Come on, guys. Get down there. And then we have Malamo in Sweden from May 20 to 21, 49 registered for that. 
Finally, we have a mega weekend in June. From June 2nd to 4th, we have Milwaukee in Wisconsin, which registration is now open. Torino in Italy is happening on that weekend as well. Santiago in Chile is the third. So a lot happening all around the world. One in NA, one in EU, and one in LATAM. And <laughs> funny thing, um, I am planning a trip to Italy with some relatives, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not going to be in time for Torino. Like, it won't even be in time for, for this season. It'll be sometime next year, but, like, Hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to take a little little day trip on my own. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you guys later. And uh, like it would be on my own cuz like they as much as they're all very supportive of the Pokémon Go stuff, they would have absolutely no idea what's going on. So, yeah, yes, I would be by myself. All right, but otherwise, we can move on to our shameless plugs, which starts off with shout-outs. We've got members of the Pallet Town and GoCast community with some achievements to shout out. Uh Fish, what do we got? In the Pallet Town PvP community, we have Green T16 who has hit Ace and Blairstoys has hit level 45. Congratulations to both of them. In the GoCar server, we have J Engineer who has hit Legend and number 209 on the global leaderboard, and Maxitron has hit Veteran. Congratulations to both of them. Also, just as a reminder, everybody, we are looking for intro and outro music. So if you is, that is something that interests you, composing music or looking at royalty-free, copyright-free music, if that's something that interests you, be sure to reach out to us at pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com and let us know if that's something you would like to have featured on the show. One more thing that I will throw in there. I really don't talk about this much, which is the Patreon that we have for the Pallet Town PvP community. We actually, at the highest levels of the Patreon, we actually offer coaching, like personal one-on-one coaching. So if you you know want to up your game in pick six formats or in GBL, we can match you up with one of our coaches. We got like I, I definitely do best with the tournament format, so I'm happy to help you out with that. We also have Dino from the BTW podcast has agreed to help out with some coaching there as well, if needed. So I would highly recommend him for improving at GBL. And we've also got a another coach named Jack of Hearts, who's like a, a little bit in both camps, does does pretty well in both of those formats. So check out once again the more fish link in the description. You'll find the link to the Patreon there. You can check out what's on offer. There is plenty of other really cool stuff available at all the other tiers as well. I don't have anything new to plug. April's going to be pretty chill for me. I'm working on fixing my technology issues that have been getting in the way of me streaming. It's a work in progress. I'm on it. Have you streamed again since that first time? So the first time was just not working. And (laughs) then I had a second time that worked a little bit better. And I'm hoping... (laughs) We're like, we're just going to continue to work through troubleshooting my internet issues uh, until, until they get fixed. Okay. Well, good luck. Thank you. I need it. (laughs) So to close out, we love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFi, you can direct that to pvpcorner 
at gocastpodcast.com. You can send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box. Take a look at the show description for the phone number and the PO box address. In the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And we'll see you next week.